This is The Tea Project with your host, Gadiel and Michelle, a husband and wife duo where they will be discussing personal finance, managing a household, and so much more. Gadiel is a father, husband, a military veteran, and a lawyer. Michelle is a mother, wife, boss. Each week, they will be providing you with fresh and valuable content, so stay tuned. And now, welcome to The Tea Project. Welcome, everybody. This is Michelle, and you're listening to Project Money Talks. And today, we're going to do a different podcast, still related with money, but this is where I'm kind of going to be doing an interview with Tugariel. Um, some of this information I already know via, you know, from my my own experience with with um, estate planning. That's what we're going to talk about. Um, and then the majority is going to be because I've heard, you know, the verbiage and, you know, everything that has to deal with uh, with with planning for the future through Gariel, my husband. So, um, hey, folks, how is it going? I hope you guys are doing well, getting ready for uh, if you're you know, if you're a family, you have kids get ready for school like we are. There's a lot going on. So I hope that's going well for you. Okay, so we're going to just jump in. What is estate planning or better yet, why should anybody consider estate planning? So that's a great question. So anybody who has kids, anybody who has any, any assets, whether it's a house, a car, checking account, uh, IRA, life insurance, any type of asset that's worth anything, any dollar amount, mm-hmm. should have an estate plan. So let's say I have a bank account with only like 100 bucks. And <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm listen, serious. I get it. I mean, look, like, I get why, it. Look, look it's not, I'm not laughing I because one? I think, no, look, every case is different. So if you're, if you came to me and you said, Hey, uh, I only have a hundred bucks. I have no kids. I'm not married. I don't have anything but a hundred dollars, no house, nothing. Mm-hmm. Then I would say, uh, you probably don't need a state plan, but you can probably, um, fill out a beneficiary form, uh, uh at your bank. So at least somebody, a church, uh, a not-for-profit can get the $100 and they can go to use. As opposed to the state that you live in will take that $100 and keep it in their uh, unclaimed property. Yeah. So so I guess what would you say is like the threshold or the minimum? Like at what point should somebody truly consider then? If you doing... have kids mm-hmm, okay. and they're minors. That's a minimum for you, regardless of what asset you have. A minimum. Why? Uh, for example, uh, part of the estate plan is a last will and testament. In the last will and testament, you would appoint a guardian, somebody who you would want to watch over your kids if you die. Okay. While they're being a minor. Now, once they're uh, an adult here in Florida, it's eighteen. You can have a will. You can have a guardian. But if they're eighteen, it doesn't matter. So, since you're talking about guardian. I've heard you talk about where um, if you you appoint a guardian, mm-hmm. does that person also manage the money that is left? That's a good point. So say uh, an example, if you had a will, say you and I, we'll use mm-hmm. you and I as an example. So um, we're married, uh, you have a will, your will says that if I pass, if you pass away and I pass away, 
then you would put in your will, I appoint, for example, for example, your sister. Mm-hmm. She can be the she can be the legal guardian of the kids, but you could also appoint someone else to be the manager of their property if, for whatever reason, you thought your sister was not financial responsible right. to manage their property. Right. So it can be two different people, or it can be the same person for both things: manager of the property and guardian of the kids, parent of the kids. Okay. Now, so that's important. In the will, that's where you would do that. All right. So tell me what what is what are the different components of the estate plan? Like if you bundle it up all together, yeah. what does it contain? Okay. So typically an estate plan would have a last will and testament. It would have a medical power of attorney, which is a health care directive, a financial power of attorney, a living will, and in some cases, a living trust. So all those things do different things. All those documents do different things. Some manage property. Some manage um, uh, healthcare decisions. Others manage financial decisions. Some work while you're still alive. Other work, others work while you're uh, deceased. So they all do different things. They all have different purposes. Okay. So a complete package will include the will, the medical power attorney, the financial power attorney, the living will, and, and maybe the living trust. It just depends on what assets you have and your financial, uh, your family uh, makeup. So tell me, the two that you said living, living will and the yep. living trust, yep. what, what are those and what's the difference between the so, two? So uh, a living will is simply end-of-life medical decision, So um, which is different from a last will and testament. A lot of people call a last will and testament a living will. It's not the same thing. A living will is strictly and only end-of-life medical decision. Do we unplug her? You know, do we pull the plug? I hate to sound insensitive. Uh, Which is separate. Do not resuscitate. uh, That's separate, a DNR. But it serves almost almost the same purpose. Mm -hmm. But that living will will say, hey, if two, you know, if two doctors... My attending physician and another doctor say there's nothing medically we can do. She's terminal. She's in a vegetative state. Uh, That living will that you signed prior to becoming in that state will say, I don't want to live on artificial means, on a machine. Okay. Uh, I want to live with with, uh, dignity, respect. Uh, And when the time comes, don't keep me living on a machine, on a respirator. I just want to die peacefully and pain-free. So that's end of life medical decision. And that one goes with the living? That's the living will. Will, okay. Uh, A living trust, a living trust, um, it's something that you create obviously while you're alive, but it doesn't go into play until a couple things. So say in our family, we have a trust. You and I are the trustees. We at we put in this house or our homestead house and another property. It's in the it's in the trust, right? Those two properties that they're titled in the trust, so now they're part of the trust. Um, you and I are the trustees. We manage the property. We can take it in and out of the trust while we're alive. The moment you die and I die, the trust is going to have a successor trustee, the person who's designated that will manage those houses and they will go to whoever's listed as a beneficiary. So in general, that's just a, a, a trust. That's a trust. Okay. Okay. And the, the, the main key main point, one of them 
is to prevent it from going to probate. Okay. Probate is the process of tra transferring assets from the decedent's name, the person who just died, into the beneficiary's name. Which we've dealt with those the probates at um, in our, in our at, at my company or employer, um, where it it takes it's a long process. Long process. So, and typically it's a house. Yeah. It's the house. The house was in the person passed away with them listed on the deed. They're the only ones listed. And the only way to remove them is through the court process, which is the probate process. And that takes a time a long time. Now go typically on, a year. Going back to the um, power of attorney. Mm -hmm. In what instance would you use that in? Okay, so but the financial? Yeah, I mean, in general, I'm, I, you know, when it comes to power of attorney, the way we use it is obviously to be able to get financial documents, mm -hmm. um, giving permission to somebody. Yeah. To so provide. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give a good example. Um, it, it's a little extreme, but it's an example. Um, and then I'll give you a basic example. One example is I, I drafted one for your dad. Your dad and mom went to Nicaragua. I'm sorry. Your dad went by himself to Nicaragua to purchase property down there, real property, uh, and he was going to purchase it in his name and your mom's name, but your mom didn't go. So in order for her to sign a document there without her being there, mm -hmm. we drafted a financial power attorney for her, allowing your dad to sign for her in Nicaragua. Mm -hmm. And we did that. Mm -hmm. We drafted the financial power attorney. Uh, it was executed, signed, notarized. We sent it to, to Florida because it's a, if it's a document that's going to be used in a different country, you need the seal of Florida saying that it was notarized by somebody who's uh, authorized to notarize. Mm -hmm. uh, so we did that process. We got the document. We got the seal of Florida. He took that document. He went to Nicaragua, signed as himself for the purchase of the house and signed as your mom, but acting as an agent for your mom. Right. It served the purpose as her signing it, and she wasn't even there. Uh, so that's an extreme one. Like, you're not going to leave the country and go sign documents for someone else. A basic example would be, listen, um, I'm not feeling good. Um, you know, uh, somebody who's, you know, having dementia or something like that. Pr prior to them doing it, you would say, hey, it's best to probably have you know, a power attorney signed because I've, I'm already seeing that you have, you're losing your capacity. Once you lose your capacity, you can no longer make, sign any document, any legal document. So that's why you have those documents signed before you lose capacity. Right. That's one of the requisites that, to making these documents binding. Right. So if someone was, has early dementia, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I would advise my, you know, a client say, hey, you need to, you should probably have these documents. Uh, what can you use it for? Well, if you're going to go in a nursing home, a lot of our, our elderly clients go in nursing homes, um, you'd have to sign a contract with a nursing home. Who's going to sign it if you already had dementia? You know? Now, does, does a, a medical professional have to identify if, if the person is, you know, reaching... Um, getting dementia or, or just is not capable of... of yeah, they have to make sure that, that that person is alert and aware. Or is that something that you would even determine? I do, the, just by talking to them. Oh, yeah, okay. just by talking to them. If I, if I can tell by talking to them, like, hey, date of birth, social security number, tell me about your family, where do they live? 
if they can't answer anything because then it's, fairly obvious. Then it's yeah. obvious I'm not going to draft anything for them because I, I don't want to get into any liability, uh, you know, sign, yeah, drafting somebody for somebody who really doesn't have the legal capacity to sign it, go and use that document somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And maybe that third party comes after me for whatever reason. So I don't. And and if the pay if the client comes to me and tells me, listen, my doctor's already put into my medical records that I have Alzheimer's or dementia, I tell them I, 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 I either you show me their medical records that says that, uh, or I'm not going to do it. Right. Because we're getting close to that person not having capacity. All right. Now, what about if? Say somebody, it won't, someone is coming to you and they're asking you, you know, I want to go ahead and do the whole package. Yeah. What documents would they need? I mean, I would imagine that they need, obviously, like their bank information. They need insurance information. I would um, say this. I'd say, else? look, if they're coming in there, if they would come into into the office and, I, and they're asking me, I want to do a state plan, I would ask them things about them, about their family. Uh, their assets. I need to know everything about them. Right. What are your assets? List them all. Bank accounts, life insurance. I need to know the assets. Then I can we can have the conversation of what what product is or what document state plan document is best for you, based on your circumstances. Do you have kids? Yes. How old are they? Minors. Okay. Uh, are you married? Yes. Uh, single. Yes. Divorce. Yes. Um, all those things play a part because. Estate plan is is not a one fit, uh, one size fits all type of thing. Right. It's based on everybody's circumstances. Now, um, when it comes to deciding how you want your assets to be distributed, mm-hmm. what's the extent? Like how how detailed can the person be? It can be very detailed. So we'll use our our kids in, as an example. So if we have the assets in a trust. Our kids are seven and six. Uh, you know, God forbid we pass away, they're still kids. In the trust, and we have all the assets in the trust, in the trust we can say we want these assets, these bank accounts, whatever we have, liquidated, placed in a, in a bank, and they get um, they get paid out for their school, health, welfare, maintenance, periodically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they won't get everything. It will be spread out every year, right? Um, depending on the size, you know, if it can if it can last till they're 25, 30, then in the trust we can say spread it out until they're 30. I mean, that's if okay. that's if we have a sizable uh, <laughs> assets right. that they can it can last that long. Right. But you can do that. Say say Warren Buffett worth billions, right? Mm-hmm. He can do it where. His assets, the his go generation to generation, generation, generation. Yeah. So I guess it just depends on your assets. I mean, mm-hmm. you got the money to make it go long. You can. If you don't, look, uh, keep my kids and you know in good standing and uh, well until they're eighteen. If there's anything left after that, give it to them in a check. All right. So what would you say for our listeners? Yeah. Um, you know, if they're thinking about, you know, getting something started with uh, estate planning or anything for that matter, is there anything that you would advise them? A hundred percent. Doing absolutely. So that's a great question, 
It truly is because a lot of people, a lot of my clients, they usually come to me after something has happened, a death in the family. And that's usually the trigger, like someone died. Oh my God, they left the house. What do we do? We don't know what to do. Then they go see the attorney and the attorney's like, listen, now it's about to cost you a lot because you didn't prepare. The estate planning is preparing for the worst case scenario. And you can be young and have a worst case scenario or you can be old. So a lot of times it's, they're too late. So now to, like COVID, this is probably a good time to be doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going um, to give you an example. Unknown. So I had, a, I have a, at my, the last client I had was a teacher, young teacher from, you know, from Dade County. Um, worst case scenario, I have a child, I'm not married and you know, I'm going back to school. I don't know what's going to happen, you know, and, and hopefully everything's fine with her, but she's preparing for the worst Yeah. because she's coming and she has a profession where she comes into contact with a lot of people and they may be carrying the COVID and she may get it and who knows what happens. So it's not like she's working from home and she's not seeing nobody. She's going in with people, you know, sort of like people in the healthcare profession. So she's like, listen, I don't want to take any risk. I have a, I have a kid. What do I do? I said, perfect. Just let's hear what assets do you have? You have a pension, you have this, you have that, that, that. Okay. Do you have a guardian? Do you know who's going to be the guardian? Uh, you know, is it going to be the, the kid's dad? Are yeah. you in good standing with that person? Are you, you know, what's up? Though the kid, though the, the child's dad still has legal rights, what if he's not fit? Right. What if he's irresponsible financially? If the money that she leaves for the kid, she wants somebody else to manage that, not the father, she can do that. Because it's her money leaving it to her kid. Right. And she can say, I want my sister or my mother or my father to manage that money. Not the dad, not the the baby's father. Right. So we had all that conversation and we drafted an estate plan and she was super happy. Peace of mind is what it gave her. So yeah. you don't have to be old to do estate planning. I think if you look, I think if you have kids or you have assets, you got to do it. Like if you ain't have, if you don't have anything, then don't, you know, you don't got anything. Right. But if you have kids, at least you want to make sure who's going to take care of them. If something happened to you and if you have assets, who's going to manage that money with your kids, for your kids, if something happens to you? I think something else that's important to keep in mind is you have to also think about your debt management because I'm sure that you're, if you don't have your debts in order mm -hmm. um, or you don't have insurance to life insurance to cover those debts, mm -hmm. that's, um, um, that's part of it too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, if, if, and a lot of people don't think about that. You know, a lot of people don't think about that. Um, so uh, some people do. Some people have that life insurance as part of that. I, don't, I, I wouldn't say that's above and beyond. I guess it just depends on your debt. If you have a lot of debt and you want to think about, hey, if something happens to me mm -hmm. and I want that debt to be covered, not to be a burden on some people, right. then you focus on having some insurance. Um but you got to consider that as a I cost. Think that's where it's important to actually um, take take count of or a total or a, a total of all your assets and all your liabilities yeah. and see what your net worth is. There you go. And then from there is where you kind of start to shop around for insurance. Right. And then that way that'll be there as also peace of mind. And when it comes to you know when you 
pass mm -hmm. and whatever goes to your beneficiaries, mm -hmm. it won't be a negative. It will be a positive. You know? Right. So, right. all right, folks. So I don't know if you have anything else to say or. Let me say one last thing about it. I did. I'm not trying to do a, a plug in. I did wrote, I write a, a publish a book. It's called Florida Estate Planning. Just the basics. I noticed that in the marketplace, there's a lot of estate planning books out there, reference materials for, for, for families to buy and read, but they're like 300 pages. Like who has time to read 300 pages, 400 pages? You know, I suggest that if you're going to, A, don't, don't do this to, don't do this yourself. Don't do, a lot of people try to do estate planning for the, by themselves or go online and do the legal zoom and all that. The problem with those those places, it's cheap, but what you don't get is the conversation. You go online and you type in your information and brrr, you can print out a will, right? What you're missing there is the conversation. No one's there to ask you questions about that you didn't the, things that you didn't think about already. Exactly. Who's going to be the guardian of your, uh, your, of your kids? Who's going to who's going to manage the money? Their father, the guy who can't tie his shoes. That's mm -hmm. who you want. So th those hard questions. They're really tough questions. Um, the online uh, legal Zoom doesn't do that for you. So it, this is like an investment. This is something important. I would pay some uh, extra money. Go see a lawyer. The consultation is usually free. Spend that uh, time there to evaluate. Get that free information. Um, so don't, yeah, don't definitely don't go cheap on this. I wouldn't. I mean, it's not expensive to begin with. But it's nothing to go cheap on. But the, uh, the, what I was trying to say with the book is that uh, I will leave the link below. Um, it's a, like a good reference book, a good starter book for estate planning. Um, and that's really it. All right, folks. So there you have it. All the information or the basic information, better yet, for estate planning and how to get your finances in order. So. All right, folks. I appreciate one. you. We'll see you next time. God bless. God bless.